The very first time I got drunk in my life was on Evan Williams, and I ran through a fire naked, screaming, I'm Ted Koppel. <laughs> Did you say it in a Ted Koppel voice? It, like on the Ted Koppel show, he's, I'm Ted Koppel. <laughs> you mean the nightly news? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Welcome to Podjiba, the Pajiba television podcast. Dustin, why are you laughing? I'm Pajiba contributor Dan Hamamura, and with me, as always, are deputy editor Tori Preston. Hello! And Pajiba bigwig Dustin Rolls. Good afternoon! Yes, it's definitely afternoon while we're recording so this. Uh, it's, it's every, that's, this is the intro now. This is what's happened, is... Um, We've, you know, we, this is not, this is the first time we're doing the intro. Definitely not take three. And we're definitely Dan keeping this one. Dan cannot pronounce Pajiba. I can pronounce Pajiba. It's just a, it's a weird word. Uh, I don't know why we picked it other than that it's something for me to trip over every week. At least I got my name right this yeah, time. Yeah, I was going to say. Guess, so. uh, this week, as always, we're talking about what happened in TV. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about The Walking Dead. Almost yes. Family, which premiered on Fox last week. Big Mouth, which dropped on Netflix on Friday. Uh, we'll follow up on some of the other shows we're watching. Uh, it's also premiere week for The CW, so we'll talk a little bit about that. But before we get to that, what's everyone drinking? I am drinking a lovely rosé called The Palm by Whispering Angel. Uh, <laughs> Does that come in a box or a um, jar? It com- so it comes in a bottle, but it comes in a oh. twist top bottle, which oh, is really what I look for. Yeah. 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 Um, that way you don't have to drink the whole bottle in the night, although I often do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I looked for the finest that Trader Joe's had to offer. <laughs> I am uh, drinking Allagash White uh, per use, but it's the tall boy Allagash White. They make tall boys. Yes, I think they're probably only in Maine. Allagash White is the finest beer in all of Maine. <laughs> and I mean, not a the sponsor Eastern this Seaboard. <laughs> Be fair, it's not just Maine. Yeah, it's really the greatest beer known to man. It's good. I enjoyed it the last time I had it, which was probably in Maine. <laughs> you know where else they have it, Dan? California. Yeah, but that would require me to go outside of my apartment. Right. and You only have Allagash when you come 3,000 miles over here. Right. Well, when right. he leaves I need his to apartment, he really leaves his apartment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and besides, my apartment is already stocked with what I'm drinking tonight, which is uh, Hibiki Harmony Blend Japanese Whiskey. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> which is not as fancy as it sounds. It's like the cheap... Uh, it's it's a cheap version of this particular whiskey, but it's also because it's from Japan and Japanese whiskey is popular right now. It's more expensive than it should be, but yeah, I was gonna say that that whiskey is not actually that cheap. <laughs> and what makes Japanese whiskey better than American whiskey? Just out of curiosity. Uh, as far as I know, it's not. It's just trendy. Uh. <laughs> That's a great way to get us into this week of television. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Big news for Dustin. The Walking Dead was renewed for season 11. They announced that at New York Comic Con this past weekend. That was like so, the 
the, the given news. There's like so much right. more news than that. Well, well, I don't know the other news, but I'm hoping that you'll teach me. <laughs> okay, well, Lauren Cohen, she's coming back in season 11. Okay. She, she left at midway through season 9 when Rick left. And, but her departure was like very quiet and nobody wanted to talk about it. Yeah. And now she's coming back because her other show got canceled. And uh, they cast Princess. I don't remember what the actress's name is, but that's very exciting. <laughs> uh, they have they have the trailer from the new spinoff, which looks like Friday Night Lights crossed with the zombie movie, and it actually looks really good. Oh, if yeah, I watched that today. Um, that did look pretty good. Um, they've told us how they're connecting all three of the universes, all three of the shows in the universe. Um, which let me is, guess, Zombies. Well, no, they're going to be like big, big civilized communities in each show. And then I think they're going to have some sort of like maybe a war between them or like a partnership between the three communities. Wait, are they going to have a recruitment war where they use uh, VCRs in gas stations? (laughs) Perhaps. So you shouldn't have made fun of that last week, Dustin. I know, I know. That's crucial (laughs) And then they, the Walking Dead premiere was last night, and it was a very solid season premiere. Although the very the cold open of the season premiere showed a Soviet satellite floating in space, and you're like, oh no, we've gone into like Jason goes to space territory. Yes, but <laughs> that wasn't it. It was oh. the Soviet satellite eventually uh, crash landed into the forest and started a fire, which drew a bunch of zombies. So it was like totally normal. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know when that every time when a Soviet satellite just crashes in a forest. See, I was right. hoping the whole zombie plague. It would turn out that it was some like Soviet signal being sent from the satellite, and it was going to no, be this no. like total sci-fi leap. No, <laughs> do they have they explained where the zombies came from? No, and they've specifically said they probably will never explain it. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> and I think it. I mean, I kind of want to know, but. It's I mean, it never really a cool. Matter. It's never a cool origin story. There's no. never a cool story about how the zombies started. Yeah, it's never. It will never live up to it, and ultimately, it doesn't matter. Right. right. Anyway, that's The Walking Dead. It's back. <laughs> so wait, um, how did they leave things off with the Lauren Cohen character? Because I remember hearing the news stories about her leaving, and it really did seem very hush hush. So I take it they didn't kill her off. They didn't. It was a weird thing. Uh, she left. Uh, so when Rick w- exited the series, it was like a big send off for Rick. He got like this amazing episode. And then um, the next episode was like a seven year time jump and she wasn't there anymore. So she left at the same time as Rick. But there was no send off. There was no nothing. We just mm-hmm. came back and she wasn't there anymore. Jeez. Huh. Have they talked about her since she's been off the show? Yeah, yeah. Occasionally they'd be like, we got a letter from Maggie. She's out with Georgie. (laughs) (laughs) That's crap. Yeah. And I'm like, how did you get a letter? You're in the freaking zombie apocalypse. You don't know of other communities and suddenly you're getting letters? Does this tie in with the Kevin Costner movie, The Postman? No. no. (laughs) Because that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, are they sure they didn't get a VHS tape? Yeah. (laughs) This this show really needs some consistency in how it treats the zombie apocalypse. Uh, All right. Well, what uh, what else did everybody watch this week? 
Oh, uh, so Big Mouth mm-hmm. uh, came back, and it was. I thought it was a pretty good season. Although I'm already seeing people are upset about certain scenes, which makes sense. So I will. I say, saw the one big thing with Ali Wong. Yeah, and uh, so basically they introduce Ali Wong joins the the junior high, the seventh grade class that all the characters are in, and she she shows up from this like um, I think you know, Catholic school. She's been kicked out. Um, and so she shows up and she announces that she's pansexual and she's supposed to be explaining what pansexuality is. Uh, but it's not a great explanation. And it, it involves basically tacos and burritos. Yeah. Tacos and burritos, Hmm. basically explaining, I like tacos and I like burritos and I like, I would like a taco if it started as a burrito or a burrito. And it like, it was just a really awkward, not great, Mm. you know, and it was really, I was especially bummed because they had, in the midst of this, like, not great exploration of pansexuality, uh, a really, really good Robert Durst jinx joke. So I was like, man, <laughs> <laughs> come on. Um, so people are rightly getting, you know, a bit upset. I think that uh, there were all larger issues with that particular episode because part of it is she shows up announces this to the class uh and at the time the episode is about how everyone in the class is doing these uh sort of who's hottest in our grade lists Mm -hmm. so naturally she starts rocketing up the lists so jay who has been dealing with um his own sexual identity as you know as as bisexual mostly through pillows <laughs> um, throughout, that's kind of his been his character arc over several seasons. He sees this and finally gets the courage to come out to the class, thinking that. And here's again, it's like it's kind of an interesting thing because the episode starts out. You think it's going to address how um, people take s- bisexuality very differently when it's a girl or a guy, and the, the sort of no two people coming out will, can be received the same, mm-hmm. but it it's also shot in the foot because the characters are sort of just looking at Jay because they don't take him seriously no matter what. Because he has sex with pillows. Well, because he has sex with pillows and he's Jay. So it like, it could have been an interesting exploration and it also, you know, he's just upset because nobody finds him sexy. Um, so it, it was a really kind of jumbled episode. Um, overall though, I think that the season, it actually tackled some really interesting themes in funny ways, which is its norm. Um, and I think that, it's really hard because the show, it takes so many big swings. And there are times where I'm like, you didn't quite stick the landing. But on the other <laughs> hand, you actually attempted it, which is more than you would expect from almost any show. Right. So, you know, they do. A, there's another episode toward the end where uh, they're doing a class musical. But they do that... Um, Oh God! What's the name of the movie? Oh, I heard about this. They they do a disclosure. Disclosure. Right? The nineties. <laughs> the nineties. Uh, we're Demi based Moore. on the Michael Crichton. Yeah. Yeah, book. Demi Moore and and, uh, and Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Yeah, uh, which ended up being again cringeworthy, but uh, you know I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't know. I like that show. Although I kept thinking the whole time watching it uh, about Dustin's question of whether. Um, <laughs> he should let right, his whether kid it's appropriate. <laughs> just it let let Big Mouth teach puberty to your children. And so do you have a definitive answer now for Dustin? Yes and no. So oh. my answer would be <laughs> yes, absolutely, but you really shouldn't trust me. 
<laughs> there were times when I was watching it, and especially the the stuff that they have Jordan Peele say as the ghost of Duke Ellington. Uh, they have a whole backstory. They do an entire episode on Duke Ellington's um, history. And, yeah, man, I don't know. Like, part of me is like, yes, kids should just watch it. Like, who cares about swears and all the other stuff? But, you know, I'm also not a well, parent, I'm not, so. I'm not concerned about the swears. I'm more concerned with, like, lots of bodily things happening that he doesn't understand yet. Is that how he wants to learn for the first time about those things? I, you know, I think that in some ways seeing it on a cartoon character can take some of the sting out of it. Uh, I also think Sorry. it was interesting watching it because the first few seasons were very focused on what guys experience. And I think over right. the past, the past season and this one also have really gotten a little bit more honest about, um, what girls experience. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting watching that. Like I'm watching it with my husband and I think he was learning stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Not that he doesn't know things. He's a very knowledgeable man. But it was, it was definitely interesting because he would kind of turn to me and, I was, and I'm like, but you just don't have those kind of, you don't see those kind of honest conversations. Um, so I, you know, I actually don't think it would be the worst. Or, or is it going to see like, him for life. I don't know. Right. It's gonna, he's going to see like Jay and be like, oh, he has sex with pillows too. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. then also he's be like, oh, my God, he has sex with pillows, too. <laughs> yeah. Is that an option? <laughs> Can I have sex with pillows? Is that a thing that people do? Uh, you know, I mean, it really comes down to like I never had the option of going through puberty and like seeing my first set of like human genitalia and imagining them as singing cartoon genitalia. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe kids these days need that option. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I just try it and report back? Yeah, maybe you should just, yeah. But, you know, if he's scarred for life. I'll blame remember you. That, that, remember that it was your choice, it Justin. Was your choice. You, you had the decision, the final decision, yes. as to whether or not. To... Tori said it was okay. <laughs> Noted child development expert and cartoon uh, aficionado. Oh, gosh. Um, I saw Almost Family. Oh, yeah. Which was really... So this show, I did not realize this when I wrote the review, but many, many, many commenters pointed it out to me, is based on an Australian show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's called yeah, yeah. Sisters. Sisters, yeah, that's been on Netflix, so everybody loves the show. And apparently the pilot was very similar to the show that they loved, but I did not love it because it was so weird, the tone, because it was about... Uh, these uh, the, these three women that become, uh, you know, that, that bond after they find out that uh, they're sisters because a guy, one of the sisters' dad, uh, he, he runs a fertility clinic and he was, you know, basically using his semen for everyone. Mm -hmm. And he's like going to trial for... He to prison or whatever for fraud and sexual assault. And these women are like, oh... We're a family now. Like feel so good family show. Right. In the <laughs> yeah. midst of like this horrible thing, criminal act. So yeah. it was weird. Yeah, I had I had a similar reaction uh when I tried to when I watched the pilot, um, that it it seemed like that was kind of being glossed over 
Have you seen the, Sisters? I haven't seen Sisters. So I've only yeah. seen I've only experienced experienced the uh, the American version. Um, but uh, but I remember I remember reading the script too when it came out and 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 it had that same uh, issue where it felt like, like so I mean this has been present and I'm sure I don't know how it is, how it's handled in the Australian version but maybe it's similar anyway uh, but yeah it has that weird problem of um, it it feels like they should be taking that more seriously and maybe they will down the line, but like one of the characters like hooked up with her brother and it's like played for laughs. Really? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, one of the characters made out with his cousin in big mouth and it was also uh-huh. played for laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> That's just called one Arkansas. Of these, one of these is a comedy. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, God. But here's my thing. So we've heard that, like, this is the thing that's actually in the news. The the fertility doctors right, right. just yeah. inseminate women with their own sperm, and so they have, like, 40 children. Mm-hmm. But I that was a story that I associated as being a very U.S.-based. Was there a doctor also doing that in Australia, or was oh. the Australian show based on the cases happening in the U.S.? Or is, like, are, is this just what fertility doctors around the globe do? I think so. I right? mean, if you go to a fertility clinic, you might want to expect it. Like, do you have to get a second opinion on the sperm? I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, now be, maybe you do. Independently verified by a right. third party. By a third party. <laughs> I need to see him. Never mind. Oh, oh gosh. Uh, yeah, that's awkward. Yes. What else is there? Oh, I have good news. Okay. Uh, so actually... By the time the podcast goes out, but not as we're recording it. <laughs> so Emergence <laughs> airs in that weird, awkward time when Dan will be editing this show. But right. according to last week's episode, which mostly spun its wheels, the big mystery that we talked about how like, okay, the show is mostly going to be all about who this little girl is. Supposedly, that'll be answered this week. And they're introducing Terry O'Quinn from Lost Probably to do the info dump. Um, but they're also making it out like the little girl is very menacing. So I am back on my, she's either an alien or actually secretly an adult. Hmm. <laughs> I'm probably wrong on both those counts. I like the adult thing. Right. The alien thing, I'm not excited about. No, it's probably. Weirdly, I feel like her being an adult would be creepier. It's always creepier. Yeah, but the yeah. more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what, what's your, so, uh, Tori, you've watched, uh, both episodes of Emergence, obviously, because yeah. you're covering it for the site. Uh, what's your take on it so far as a show? Cause I, I just personally, I know I went into this season excited about it. Um, I'm still watching it, uh, as a fan, but I, I remember in prepping for this episode, I, I had to kind of think and I had to stop and think like, wait, what happened last episode? Cause I kind of, I like, I watched it and kind of enjoyed it and then kind of put it away. It's, it is one of the, it was one of the shows I was most looking forward to. And it has become like now that it's actually on and I'm able to compare it. It is one of mm-hmm. the more forgettable after yeah. the moment. Like when I'm watching it, I enjoy it enough. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. hoping that whatever they reveal this week and as things ramp up, that will change. Uh, but it, yeah, it doesn't, it's not that sticky. I will say the last episode had a couple of moments uh, that I did really like. Um, There's a pretty inventive 
part of it's that there's just a lot of generalized weird stuff happening. And because we don't have any information on why it's happening, it's really hard to care. Mm-hmm. So, but there was one, for some reason, there's a car that was in an accident and it was magnetized and they ended up doing this whole fight sequence around it where people are like pulling out guns, but the bullets are flying toward the car and then the gun flies toward the car. And so the people are struggling to have a fight because all mm-hmm. their weapons go. And the Allison Tolman character ends up winning the fight by picking up a sledgehammer and letting go of it. So that flies toward the car and hits a dude in the face. <laughs> and I was like, that's actually pretty inventive. Like that was yeah. enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are little moments like that. And I think that, uh, some of the character work, like Alison Tolman's wonderful. Um, and her relationship with, uh, Donald Faison is, that's nice. Yeah. Is actually really, it's really interesting because they're separated, but they're very supportive of each other and they haven't, they haven't mentioned at all why they're separated. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure something's going to come down, but it's very clear that they both like care about each other and are navigating something that's a very recent separation. And I don't know, it's actually like a really reflect, uh, refreshing relationship dynamic, but no, not a lot's happening on the show so far. Mm-mm. It's a little boring, but I'm hoping again, you bring in Terry O'Quinn and you right. finally mm-hmm. explain if she's secretly an adult or an alien or a mutant and like maybe things will pick up. Or you answered your question and nobody's interested anymore. Well, so I thought of that, but here's the problem. I think what they're going to do is shift the mystery. Once you establish who she is, the focus goes on to the group that's hunting her. And I think that's where the real mystery is. Unless they resolve that in three more episodes and then there will be another mystery. Right. And then they find out that they got stuck in a time warp that advanced them five years in a plane. <laughs> in a plane. That's what yes. the plane wreck was. Dustin, not every show can be manifest. Yeah. I but know you all, want them to they're be. They're all trying. Although I did have the, fa- the thought in the first episode that the little girl was either a clone of Allison Tolman or her own past oh, self. I sent- totally did too. Because the eyes, yeah. they both have the like really stunning blue eyes. And they were oh, very drawn to each other. Yeah. All the hugging huh. and the trust. I mean, who does I that? I thought of that, and then I was like, you know what? If that were true, Alison Tolman would recognize herself. You'd think, right? Yeah, but who knows? Who knows? And, like, her dad wouldn't recognize. Yeah, Clancy <laughs> like, Brown. Oh, my God. And that's the other thing. I feel like I need to do a Clancy Brown update every week. Like, he's alive. They haven't killed him yet. Still alive. <laughs> Still <sighs> ominous comments about his health. <sighs> He's so charming now. He's just like the dude who makes pancakes. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So that shows, you know, happening. Well, I, I, I want to briefly mention the third season of Goliath. I haven't finished it yet, <laughs> but this is a show with Billy, the Billy Bob Thornton show on Amazon. Yes. Uh, David Kelly wrote the first season and then there was like a big falling out between him and Billy Bob Thornton and David Kelly left the show. But I watched it because David, L- David Kelly wrote it and because it was a legal show and it was very much trying to be like a Grisham sort of thriller. And I liked the first season a lot. Second season was a mess, but it was okay. This third season, it's a lawsuit on water rights, first of all. Ooh. And I've completely lost interest now because oh. it's water rights. <laughs> Why? It's water. Yeah, but it- Who the fuck cares? It's a whole season. Okay, about water. Wait, it, are they talking about like just like open water? Or are they talking about no, like no. Flint, like 
like no, they're in like water. California, and there's no water. Or there's a drought, and people are yeah. There's a serious issue in California yeah. where, with like grandfathered water rights and how uh, how it well, how no, it's no. controlled. <laughs> but it's like the small community, and they use all the water, and the a woman the, uh, the 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 ground fell through, and the woman died. What's it called when the ground falls underneath? A sinkhole. Like a sinkhole. Yeah, like a sinkhole because there's no water. So she she died. There's a big lawsuit. It's going to be a class action. But that's not the thing. The thing is they they're trying to turn it into like a Twin Peaks like thing because there's like this alcohol created by I think uh, almond company, mm-hmm. and when you drink it, you have all these uh, hallucinations. Wait, is this real? Yeah, I, I would like yeah. it to be desperately. <laughs> no. Can we be sponsored by the almond liqueur? <laughs> I'm just saying the almond absinthe. Yeah. It's the third season and they've they've lost track of completely what the show was supposed to be. It's and you're trying... managing it to recommend this. No. To everyone. No. no. <laughs> I like, I'm like how if the you like of... the first two seasons of Goliath, don't bother with the third. If you didn't like the first two seasons of Goliath and you wanted like a cheap, terrible Twin Peaks knockoff that's also a legal thriller, maybe this is for you. Yeah, honestly, I'm more intrigued now than I ever was. There you go. <laughs> I like how you're like, and Twin not... Peaks, and I was like, and he hates it. <laughs> I did not know that that show was still going. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of Twin Peaks, there are all these rumors going around. Oh, no. <laughs> well okay to be fair there's no telling if it's actually more twin peaks or what unless there's been an update it's really hard to keep track on twitter but people are conspiracy theorying every like instagram post to come out of like washington state and i guess it sounds like they think that david lynch has something up his sleeve for next year Mm. Mm -hmm. and so and people are basically taking odds on what it could be. And everyone's like, it probably isn't another season of the show because he just doesn't have time to make it. <laughs> what else <laughs> it is takes, he doing? <laughs> like, it takes him forever. And then they're like, maybe it's a movie. I'm pretty sure it's just like he went up there to film like DVD box set extras. <laughs> and everyone's probably. like losing their mind and it's not going to be that. It's like, it's just extras. Um, I like the biggest shocker there would just be releasing the dvd well they've got yeah well because that's the thing they keep putting out like having a twin peaks complete box set is like a they they keep reissuing it because first it it came out then it came out with like the original movie or something and then they made it for blu-ray but now that you've got the showtime show if they did a box set that was complete like that the money they can make on putting out quote unquote complete (laughs) Box sets of Twin Peaks right, is right. endless. Why are people buying this? Because it's great, Dustin. No, because it's Twin Peaks. <laughs> I like Twin Peaks when it was on ABC, and it was like, and it was more like a legal and thriller, quirky like... and silly, and but it's still somewhat accessible. But that Showtime, that that was just a that was ugh. I loved it. I hated it. That one time. This is they... where... This is where I admit I haven't seen it, other than other than like a couple first season episodes. But oh, it was just like testing your patience. Oh my! Yeah, no, literally, <laughs> there was one episode where the end of the episode 
I think I clocked it. It was like three solid minutes of someone sweeping a floor <laughs> in the roadhouse. And the whole time you're like, okay, well, it, it continues. Something's going to happen. And then finally the credits started. They could have been running the end credits during that entire sequence, and he didn't. He waited three minutes. Okay, so for someone who doesn't really know the show like me, Tori, uh, what's the... So on a scale of, like, you know, zero is, you know, super straight-ahead network TV, and then uh, let's say that, like, one unit of measurement in this is uh, 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 Legion on FX... <laughs> So, like, how many legions, oh how many units of legion is, is the Showtime version of the show? Okay, so, I, it's it's definitely, I would say it's 2.5 legions. <laughs> here's, here's how I come up with that. So okay. That is way too many legions. No, <laughs> there's, you can never One have legion enough legions. One legion is too many legions. <laughs> okay, Dustin, you and I have very different patience levels for nonsense. <laughs> Here's my thing. So okay. Legion was frequently absolute nonsense, but it was very mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, it thought it had something to say. <laughs> Whether the viewer could follow its argument, eh, that shifted from season to season or episode to episode. But it believed it was telling you something. Right. And it also provided a whole lot of really pretty nonsense in between. Right. Twin Peaks, the Showtime one, uh, was very much David Lynch in his transcendental meditation mode going like, what does telling something even mean? And why is that interesting? <laughs> <laughs> because it leads to some really fascinating moments. So he got like one of the best casts in all of television. He got Showtime to bankroll what is essentially an 18-hour movie and to this day, I could not tell you what happened. <laughs> Nobody can. There's like four. Happens. There's like four Kyle McLaughlins, and like, I, I mean, I don't know. It was great. Every every week was a journey. A very 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 long journey. Yeah, you hated it. Oh man. <laughs> so. So much. Yeah, but I, I respected it. Huh. I mean, honestly, like, after watching something like Game of Thrones, where it, like... As a structure and a plot, well, no, I know. But, it, but it's also just disappointing. Like, it thinks it has something yes, to say, and what sure. it has to say is boring nonsense. I'm like, right. I'd rather watch the thing that's just, like, all fascinating. Nonsense. No. <laughs> it wasn't boring. At least it knows it's boring nonsense. <sighs> well, you know what shows are not boring nonsense? Everything on the CW. Fair. Everything? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I... That was a hell of a segue. Like, like, I'm just trying. I'm trying, man. You know? I know. I hear you. <laughs> we'll allow it. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend ended last year, and that was kind of the main thing I watched. But um, it is uh, CW premiere week. Uh, we talked a little bit about... I feel like the only show that... The only new show that we were really excited about was maybe Riverdale. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Nancy Drew. Oh, I'm still excited um, about that. Oh yeah, me too. I'm, I'm definitely going to watch Nancy Drew. <laughs> uh, I did watch, I did watch Batwoman last night. Uh, oh yeah. What were your, what were your thoughts? On, I mean, I know you've written about it, but oh, it was, it was a lackluster pilot, but I'm hopeful 
for the show as a whole. I think it, mm-hmm. because they did that weird thing where they, they launched the character in that, um, so there's like the Arrowverse, which is all those DC comic book shows. Right. Uh, and so they had already introduced Batwoman in their crossover last year. And so like established a lot of the stuff about the character. And then they launched the show where they have to kind of rewind the clock and reintroduce her. And so you're like seeing her adopt the persona that you've already seen her as. So oh, it was like a little clunky. Another origins tale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a little clunky and a little, and it had to communicate a lot of stuff. And it, But it's also still not telling you anything because it's like, Bruce Wayne has been missing for three years. Also, Batman has. Gee, why has no one put the pieces together on that? Like it's, <laughs> um, But I do think that by the end of the episode, the villain you find out is like Batwoman's twin sister who didn't actually die when she was a kid. And so, Ooh. yeah, so there could be cool stuff down the road. Mm-hmm. Also, DeGray Scott is her dad. And that was weird. <laughs> the idea of him being old enough to be a character's dad Jeez. makes me feel old. Yeah, tell my me favorite about thing it. about Dougray Scott was he's—he was supposed to be Wolverine, and like Hugh Jackman's career should have been his. <laughs> he was originally cast as Wolverine, and then he had to drop out or something. Something happened, and he didn't—he had to quit. And then so Hugh Jackman got fire it. Fire him. He quit. Something like that. I don't—I don't remember exactly, but he was supposed to be Wolverine. And his entire career would have been different, and he wouldn't be starring in Batwoman. No offense to Batwoman. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. The question is, would we still have gotten Logan? Because that's kind of the only one I care about. I may, He's pretty good, kind of. Is he? I only remember him. Wasn't he in Ever After? Yes. That's the only thing I know him from. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. All I can think is that James Marsden should never have been Cyclops. He should have been any other character because I hate Cyclops. And I love Poor Marsden. Marsden. <laughs> Poor Marsden. <laughs> Marsden should have been Wolverine, damn it. Yes, he should have. Every good movie role, like, he, James Marsden should be the Paul Rudd. Well, I mean, not to say I like Paul Rudd. I just also <laughs> wish James Marsden had his career. Okay, wait, how old is James Marsden? Who fucking knows? <laughs> because I feel like he's been around forever, but even in, like, Dead to Me, he still looks pretty young. Yeah, but no one like, talks about it. Everyone's like, right. oh, Paul Rudd doesn't age, and it's like James Marsden sitting right there. <laughs> <laughs> now, he's pretty old, because he was, he was in one of those, like, 90s teen movies. Um, Sex Drive. Not the one I was thinking of. <laughs> That's not a 90s movie. <laughs> I think. Uh, no, oh I was, man, you're right. Wasn't he in that was the like one 2007. that had uh, Katie Holmes? No. Katie Holmes? No. I don't even know. James, I'm gonna look this up. Well, the internet says he's 46. 46. 46. So he's three years younger than Rudd. All right. But he looks. He looks. Uh, yeah. He, he looks. Still looks really good. Disturbing still got behavior. Oh, in 1998, he was the I like. I remember that. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, he was super hot in that. Yeah, Katie Holmes. <laughs> um, and Nick Stahl. Okay, I need to rewatch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> also, speaking of, sorry, this just got me made me think of Westworld, uh, which I'm sure he won't be coming back on, and I'm very disappointed about. But 
the last, I think it was the last episode of Big Mouth because uh, Tandy Newton is on it as Missy's hormone monster. And so at the end, but she, she's like terrible. <laughs> and <laughs> they cry, there's some joke about how like Missy's like, maybe I'm finally ready to watch Game of Thrones and all this stuff. And then her hormone monster is just like, actually, I prefer Westworld. And I was like, yeah, you do. Cause you're amazing on it, Maeve. And you deserve everything. And that was one of the best jokes of the whole season. And it wasn't offensive to anyone. Anyway. Sorry. Fantastic. <laughs> That's that's ter- That's a little worrying to me that that's one of the best jokes of the season. Well, it was mm. satisfying for me. No, I mean, I, I like the joke. I'm just saying I'm, that makes me worry for the season of Big Mouth that I haven't watched yet. No, there's a whole episode where they tear Florida a new one. It's fine. There's a lot oh, okay. of funny stuff. And I'm back <laughs> in. And you're back in. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, on uh, getting back to the CW uh it's, uh, you know, they're, they always wait till October to start their shows. Uh, and this is a very special and sad premiere week for Tori because it's the final season of Supernatural. <laughs> yes. Um, I will accept did your you prepare a, Did you prepare a, uh, a brief uh, uh, explainer for people like me who haven't watched Supernatural? Any of it? Yes, I did. I didn't write it down. It's all committed to memory. Um, right. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> so what you need to know about the past 14 seasons of Supernatural. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> we're launching into the 15th season. So it's about two. Which still feels shorter than one season of Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> only, only the Showtime seasons. <laughs> uh, okay, Dustin. I get it. Um, no, so Supernatural, if you haven't seen any of it at this point, I don't really know if, there, if I can help you. But it's about two very hot brothers who save people and hunt things, those things usually being demons, but sometimes including like chupacabras or ghosts or, uh, yeah, like just monsters. Monsters. I have a quick, quick question. Mm-hmm. When the show started, were they high school kids? No, they were not. <laughs> okay. All right. They, one of them was in college, and the other one shows up, and he's like, Dad's missing. Dad being Negan from The Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah, okay. there you go. Got your attention. <laughs> and so Dad's missing, and he's like, you know, got to go find him. And so they go around, and they find their dad, and then their dad promptly dies. And uh. you get a couple seasons of... Basically, the original showrunner built out five-season arc, and it was all about one of them was supposed to be the embodiment of, like, the living vessel for the Archangel Michael, and the other brother was supposed to be the living vessel of Lucifer. And so you'd have the ultimate battle between good and evil on Earth, and it would be these two brothers pitted against each other. Um, and that would have ended at the end of, episode, of season five. And Mm -hmm. like they brought in the four horsemen of the apocalypse and all the stuff. So the show that started with these two dudes hunting demons and ghosts turned into this whole like heaven and hell thing. Okay. And then the show got renewed. (laughs) Everyone's like, (laughs) shit, (laughs) we have to keep the story going. Like the showrunner leaves. They bring in. We ran out of Bible. Come on. (laughs) So this is where things get really funny because they keep going. And at this point, they they found a formula that's ba- based entirely on cast chemistry and the viewers are willing to accept basically anything the show 
run, throws at them. Okay. And they just keep going for like another ten <laughs> seasons. So every every season there is a meta episode. Uh, one season they get put into a Scooby Doo cartoon. That was I think last season. One wow. Episode, was it actually animated? Yeah, it was an animated Scooby Doo cartoon. Oh my god. Uh, with them in it, uh, and of course, like the Dean character is hitting on um, what's her name, Daphne, the hot one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's a whole thing. Uh, another episode, they do actually one of my favorite episodes. Uh, there's a trickster god. So, okay, there's a god that starts out. There are gods in the show, obviously. There was a trickster god who you eventually find out is Loki. And then a few more seasons go by and you eventually find out that that was also a trick and he's the Archangel Gabriel. So there's a lot of the show <laughs> continues on and they have to rewrite their own, like, canon. Right. Which is how you end up with this season, like what we're going into for the final season of the show, which is that God is the bad guy. Uh, there was ah. a prophet who wrote books about the brothers, not knowing that the brothers were real. So they find him and they're like, why are you writing about our lives? And he's like, I didn't know. And they're like, oh, you're a prophet of the Lord. You are literally <laughs> telling our script. You are turning our lives into scripture. And he's like, really? Because it's just like dime store sci-fi that like fans go to conventions over uh -huh. super creepy eventually they find out that he's not just a prophet he's actually god and he's been slumming it on earth as a writer because he's really into the creation that he's made which are the winchesters the two brothers <laughs> um and now he is pissed at them and he has summoned all of the hordes from hell everyone that they've killed back to earth and they're dealing with so it's zombies kind of it's like the walking dead hell edition uh, next season. Um, you know what this sounds like to me? <laughs> Manifest? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like, like uh, L. Ron Hubbard, Battlefield Earth, and like in 20 years, people are going to cite Supernatural as like their new religion. I mean, I wish. It would be really interesting. Also better than <laughs> uh, The cars would be much better. You will join that cult, is I what you're saying. I wouldn't, but I would, I, would be, I would be very entertained by it. I've been entertained by this. Uh, but the main thing you need to know is that everything about the show, nothing matters. There are a few tenets that always hold true. The brothers cannot have any lasting relationship with anyone but each other. Mm -hmm. uh, and yet, they will constantly withhold information from each other for their own good. Uh, so they lie to each other, but then they will always sacrifice themselves for each other, not really for the greater good, but they're always constantly dying. Uh, they always win somehow, and they never stop Despite trying. being dead. But despite being, oh God, sometimes they have to die to win. That's the whole point, Dustin. I did, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> they've been to heaven. They've been to hell. They've been to purgatory. They found a vampire in purgatory. I don't know what about this. It definitely sounds like a show that half the 70s show cast would follow as a religion. Yeah. But, like, hopefully the the Topher Grace half, not the weird <laughs> sexually assaulting half. Right, yeah. You know. This show sounds more confusing than Lodge 49, and Lodge 49 <laughs> doesn't make any sense. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, but it makes no sense. I haven't even gotten to the fact that Adrian Palicki died in the first episode. 
Wait, what? She was in that? Yeah, she was his girlfriend. Aww. She was Sam's girlfriend who was lit on fire on a ceiling by a demon in the first episode. Well, and then that, that, that pretty much inspired him for the first season or so. They kill a lot of women in this show. But she comes back at some point. Is that right? Not, no? I mean, in like flashbacks. Oh, I thought, I, for some reason, I thought that she was one of the people who was going to get a, wasn't there supposed to be a spinoff at one point? There, what, there was, there were two, there was one spinoff that never happened. No, there are two spinoffs that never happened, but they got like backdoor pilots within the show. Right. One of them was called Wayward Sisters, which was basically in, in realizing they had a problem with killing off all the female characters. They, over the course of a season or two, they took like the one or two female characters they hadn't killed off yet. Then deliberately introduced a series of younger female characters that they also didn't kill off. And then they were like, okay, we're going to give all of these women a show. And then that show did not get picked up. (laughs) So they killed them off. No, they didn't kill them off. But they also never resolved any of the (laughs) storylines. Because they basically established that there's this massive rift and monsters coming through. And they just never resolved it. But the characters are still, like, they still pop up in the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff. (laughs) I love this show. There's also, like I was saying, my favorite episode is the one where the trickster god puts them into a reality where they they cycle through a series of very generic TV shows. Oh, my God. And they they have to figure out what type of show they're in and then behave accordingly to get sent to the next one. And they have to keep doing this until they get freed. And they end up doing a riff on CSI Miami where they keep... Every time they say something, they whip their sunglasses off like David Caruso, and then they have to put them back on so they can whip them off again. I love that. Now, could I watch that episode without watching any of the rest of it? Because that sounds amazing. Yes. I've actually given friends of mine, like, uh, curated lists of, like, just watch these five episodes. (laughs) And it doesn't matter because, like, whatever, the plot. You get it. They hunt things. It's fine. There was a Rick and Morty episode that did that, right? Similarly, yeah, the change, yeah, they have the channel because they have the interdimensional mm-hmm. yeah, cable. Yeah, yeah. Oh. only, but they're not like in the shows, right. which is yeah. one thing that Supernatural has over Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, it's a great show, you guys. I'm really disappointed that it's ending. So I think everyone should go back and watch all 14 seasons and get ready for Thursday. <laughs> in that spirit celebrating the 14 soon to be 15 seasons of uh supernatural let's get to our game which is celebrating uh the cw in honor of their premiere week uh the game i don't have a clever name it's just gonna be called name that cw show uh, i have a list of shows that were formerly on the cw almost all of them probably premiered after supernatural is my guess <laughs> I didn't, I didn't plan that, but that's just what happens. Um, so uh, what I have is I have a bunch of descriptions for these shows, which were uh, curated off of Wikipedia. <laughs> and uh, you guys can just uh, shout out your answers. First to five wins. Uh, you have to identify the show is, is the point. Okay. I feel this is um, an unfair advantage because... Tori's been watching CW shows for 15 years, so she's seen all the commercials. Okay, but to be for fair... For all the other shows. No, I watched most of... I caught up on most of Supernatural on Netflix, and honestly, oh. Supernatural took up most of my attention. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> and also, so, the, these, a lot of these shows you'll, you'll have heard of, at least. I feel like. <laughs> Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, 
Um, and this one, it's not. I'm not quizzing you back and forth. Just shout out your answer because I want the. I want to. I want to see how that you goes. Want the chaos. Yeah, I want the chaos. The struggle. All right. Okay. <laughs> or the silence. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here we go. Uh, this first show is a sh- is a uh, aired on the CW from 2010 to 2013. It's the it's an adaptation of a 1990 Luc Besson film. Uh, it's also the second TV adaptation of this show. It focuses oh, on a Nikita. Woman. Yep, Dustin got it. <laughs> I vaguely remember that. Tori, did you have any idea? I was like, they made the professional. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's 1-0, Dustin. Uh, let's see. Okay, uh, this next show uh, was on the CW from 2000. Uh, I'm sorry, it was uh, 2016 was the year it aired. <laughs> uh, it follows an epidemic that breaks out in Atlanta, leaving a section of the city cordoned off under quarantine and those stuck on the inside of that quarantine fighting for their lives. It was based on a Belgian television series. Oh, wow. No tomorrow. Ju- n- incorrect. <laughs> Julie Pleck uh, was, the, he, was the executive producer. She I have no earthly shows. idea. It, uh, it takes place, I believe, in and around the CDC, specifically. <laughs> I mean, it's in not Atlanta. the 100. That's, not- enough, that's enough dead, ta- dead air. Uh, it's called Containment. It oh my god! For, it went what? for one season. Uh, yeah, it was. It went, no, uh, no recollection of that yeah. whatsoever. It's one of those shows that they they called a limited series. I think after they decided not to renew it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, all right, so we're still at one zero. Um, okay, this next show ran from two thousand seven to two thousand nine. Uh, it focuses on a young man named Sam Oliver who Reaper. works for the devil. Uh, yep. Damn it! Oh, I knew it. that one. <laughs> Tori, I'm impressed you remembered the name. I love that show. <laughs> Me too. I did too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also created by the creators of Emergence. Exactly. Huh. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Next show. This aired on the CW from 2007 to 2008. Uh, it's about an American teenager in Wisconsin whose family takes in a Muslim foreign exchange student from Pakistan. It's one of the rare half-hour shows on the CW. No clue. No idea. All right. Uh, it was called Aliens in America. It of was, course uh, it was. It was. It was actually pretty good. Was and it? Nobody watched it. Yeah. Wasn't that also? Um, that could have been the name of Roswell. Probably. <laughs> Roswell started on uh, UPN, UPN, so that yeah. may not be on my list. Oh, no. But then they did the reboot. That's true. Uh, but the reboot, reboot's currently on, so these are only former shows. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, next. So we're still tied one-to-one. Next show, uh, this show aired on the CW 2011 to 2012. It only went for one season. It starred Sarah Michelle Gellar playing twin sisters. The Ringer. Uh, yep. Tori is correct. It was shit. The Ringer. Uh, I'm glad you got it after I said Sarah Michelle Gellar, because I don't actually know how to describe the show other than... <laughs> I remember twins and like some kind of weird conspiracy. But also didn't go very it didn't go long enough to for there to be more to it than that. Right. <laughs> I remember the ads for it. That's it. Uh okay, so Tori's up two to one. Uh next show. Uh this is another show that only ran for one season. It ran in <laughs> 2013. Uh 
It uh, centers on a journalist, blogger, and a production assistant who investigate a series of mysterious disappearances that are linked to a popular television series. Um, that's all that I have from God. the description. It was created by Rockney O'Bannon. Oh. Um, no, that doesn't... It, no. uh, I, don't, I don't know. The problem is that there's a, there's a sentence in here that I could say, but it, it would also it has the name of the show. So. Oh. No. No, no. All no right. Uh, it's called Cult. No. I wouldn't uh, have guessed I, it. <laughs> The, the series of disappearances were linked to a popular TV series, Cult Cult. So apparently there was a cult ah. within the show, Cult. It wasn't um, just like a cult hit? It was, uh, it was not a cult hit, apparently. It wasn't I feel like they anything. could have really mixed things up if they just made it a cult hit. <laughs> okay. Uh, next show aired on the CW for two seasons from uh, 2013 to 2014. Uh, it is set in 1984. The lead character explores New York City while in- interning at a Sex law in firm the city. office. No. Uh, that is incorrect. Secretly working at a ma- magazine company. No, but it's uh, the one based on that. It is a prequel to an yeah. HBO television God series. Damn it. God damn it. It's the Carrie, the Carrie Diaries. Correct. Oh. It is the Carrie Diaries. <laughs> Anna Sophia Robb. That is correct. Uh, Dustin, just a, just a little late. You almost had it. Yeah. I, Cult. <laughs> Tori is up three to one. All right. Got um, uh, okay. This next show aired for one season, 2016 to 2017. Uh, it's based on a Brazilian series. Uh, let's see. Follows a woman who lives in Seattle and becomes involved with a man who inspires her to make an apocalypse. A list of things to do before the world no ends. No tomorrow. Correct. Tori is destroying it. This yes. They have Dustin, a lot you're right, of, maybe. like, apocalyptic scenarios. There are also a lot of one-season shows, which I didn't realize <laughs> until I started reading. Yeah, they, they've... Because you only remember the ones that go on forever. Right, You forget right. that they really just launch a bunch of stuff that they cancel. Yeah. Um, all right, it's four to one. Tori is one away from winning the game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's see. Maybe Dustin can make a comeback. No. Nope. <laughs> okay. Don't give up. Uh, <laughs> this show aired. Uh, oh, I don't actually have the entire runtime. Well, it, it began in 2012. Uh, it was based on, loosely inspired by a previous series of the same name. Kristen Kruk is the lead. Uh, oh. Um, uh, I don't know what I can say it's that, like that doesn't the give it away. It is Beauty and the Beast. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but I couldn't remember because then there was that Beastly show. No, that was a movie. That was a movie. Oh, yeah. I can't tell. They made a lot of it. I haven't seen Beastly, but I remember the SNL sketch about it. Yeah. I just remember Which it has... wasn't even a sketch. They just made a joke. Yeah. It was a joke. <laughs> I think the yeah. movie was also a joke. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Tori's won the game, which is great because that means that Tori will get to choose who rants. Um, but before we, before we get to that, Dustin, I have one more. So I want to, I just want to see if Dustin gets this. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, this is a show that aired on the CW from 2011 to 2015. Uh, it stars Rachel Bilson as Dr. Zoe Hart. Heart of Dixie. There you go. You got that. That show ran that long? It ran for, yeah, like four, four or five years. Four years? Wow. Yeah. 
I watched um, it for probably two seasons. <laughs> That's two seasons more than I saw. <laughs> um, well, uh, I'm glad that Dustin got that one. But Tori's won the game, so congratulations, Tori. Uh, I don't know if do I deserve... I don't think I deserve <laughs> congratulations for that. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a dominating, dominating performance. Also, not proud. <laughs> uh, all, I can limit my rant very shortly, and then I want to pass it over to Dustin, so can we tell oh. Uh, my sure. rant, I just want to say, to follow up on my rant from last week, they resolved the Christopher situation on 911. They did make you wait for the entire episode, but they did not kill the kid. So, you know, yay. That's <laughs> not really a <laughs> They rant. endangered him horribly. They did endanger him horribly. Yes. Uh, um, I don't have much of a rant except something that I saw on 911 that I keep seeing and lots of other things where characters say... Something along the lines of that only happens in movies and TV shows. And they think it's like a meta funny thing, but it's not because it's, it's not. <laughs> and it happens all the time. And it's so annoying to have people in a TV show say it's only happens in a TV show. Especially when the people in that TV show also end that TV show with an extremely cloying voiceover. That would only happen yes. in a TV show. <laughs> All about how sometimes words that are said to you are life rafts that save you. And oh god! Oh, is that what they said? Oh this my week? god, they did. I mean, you know. Oh, that's amazing. It was bad. So the first season, it was always Connie Britton giving the voiceovers, which saved it. And she could say was, anything. Yeah, she right. can say anything, and you're like, whatever. I'm imagining the hair, and I'm fine. I'll. Buy that shampoo. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, like, <laughs> honestly. So, and so, but then she left because they like had her go on a walkabout. So then the second <laughs> season was a lot of sort of like Jennifer Love Hewitt doing it, but mixed up with Buck because they're siblings. So it was Maddie and Buck. And but so this one, because it's been a lot of like Buck's really depressed because he might not be able to work on the fire people team anymore. And then now it's <laughs> the now fire the, people team, the fire people team, whatever. <laughs> You know what I mean, and so the, and so the little kid, so this, so his like best friend in the station um, keeps dropping his son off, who's the kid with cerebral palsy, and it's supposed to like inspire Buck to realize that his challenges are like super minor, and he's being a whiny baby, um, and so he almost kills the kid during the tsunami. And the kid doesn't die, and so the, it's like the end of the episode is this big deal because his friend brings the son back to have him babysit him again, and it's showing that he trusts him. So he's like, you saved his life. He's only here because of you, and he trusts you. And do you think, like, I screw up all the time, and I'm his dad. It's fine. And so it's, like, supposed to be really inspiring, but it's just got the worst fucking voiceover yeah. <laughs> about how words Super are bad. life rafts. Well, that's way longer than 60 seconds. Sorry. That was great. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, spoilers for those of you who haven't seen this week's 911, but uh, sorry. They were now. not going to kill Christopher. Come on. No, they weren't. I don't know, man. They didn't kill Chim. That's true. They were never <laughs> going to kill him, but no. I did worry that they were going to drag it out longer. Um, all right. Well, I think that's our show because we've gone... We've gone again longer than we planned. Much to, longer than anticipated. But that's okay. Uh, you know, someday we'll we'll not want to speak talk to each other as much, and then we'll just keep these nice and short. But uh, we'll be back next week with an all new episode about 
whatever's happened next week. I'm sure Tori will fill us in on Supernatural. Um, <laughs> also, there are two Facebook Watch shows coming out this week that we're probably not going to see. But, no. you know, um, that's a thing uh, <laughs> if, you, if you watch TV on Facebook. Uh, and, uh, yeah, does anybody have anybody else, anything else they, uh, they want to say? I just want to add this. James Marsden's wife's father wrote Elvis Presley's Burning Love. <laughs> All right. That's, a, that's as good a place to end as any. So have a good week. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Good night.